Tuesday, August 30th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Ron Gross, from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Maker, and from Motley Fool Global Gains, Tim Hansen. Guys, good to see you. Howdy, Thanks for, uh, Chris. Thanks for coming to work today, Chris. Uh, yes, yeah, so I should point out, as we have gotten some emails and some comments on Twitter, yes, we were not here yesterday. And no, spe- no, 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 no. And spe- we were we here, were here yeah. yesterday. Specifically, I was not here yesterday. I was up in New England and uh, a little a little thing called Hurricane Irene. I think you've seen this in the you news. There so many it. excuses. First it's JetBlue, it. then it's a hurricane. It's everybody's fault but yours. Well, and yeah. see, our producer, Matt Greer, is off this week. See, Matt's actually smart. He flew west with his family. So anyway, uh, let's get to uh, some of the stories today. We've got Bank of America making news uh, for reasons that have nothing to do with Warren Buffett. And we have Greece making news for, frankly, all kinds of reasons. But we will begin with something that's been rumored for a while, and that is a tablet computer from Amazon. We have more details emerging. Over the weekend, the New York Post reported that Amazon plans to release its own tablet computer in late September, early October, selling, quote, for hundreds less than the iPad. Um, Ron, I'll start with you. Um, Hmm. Maybe not a surprise that shares of Amazon were up yesterday. What do you make of this news? Every time we do a tablet story or a notebook story or an ebook story, I'm pretty pessimistic and I think it's going to be a horrible failure. I don't feel that way about this. I think Amazon has a nice shot at taking some market share away from Apple. I think they're going to have to price it right, as you said, maybe even at a loss, probably at a loss. They'll make it up you know, on volume, as they say. They'll make it up <laughs> on, on add-ons and apps and movies and, and, and streaming music. Um, and that'll help them gain market share. But I think they have a real opportunity here. Joe, you agree with that? Yeah, these things are going to sell like hotcakes, assuming they price competitively, which I suspect they will. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Apple finally chase a little bit on price. I mean, Apple has been reluctant to do that in the past, but ultimately, if it comes out at a very attractive price point, I mean, people are going to stock up on these things in droves. I mean, this is Amazon. The Kindle has been a huge hit. Presumably, people who have bought Kindles from them, will be able to read those on tablets that they could upgrade to. They'll sell tons of them, and it'll be a big win. Tim, you're, I, I seem to recall a, a podcast where you were you haven't had a great experience with the Kindle. Oh, with my Kindle? Well, yeah. you know, I just treat my Kindle tough, and, and it hasn't <laughs> responded by, by manning up to the situation it requires. Uh, but th- this is an interesting uh, move by Amazon. This is a sector that's just ripe for commoditization. You know, the PC became commoditized. The MP3 player became commoditized. The cell phone became commoditized. Ultimately, tablet computers are also going to become commoditized. And who's going to do that? It's going to be two sort of cash-rich, um, innovative tech companies like Amal, Apple and Amazon. Uh, maybe if they merged, they'd be ample. <laughs> That's but, the world record for the use of the word commoditized in one sentence. I think it that is. That was five. Thank you. Um, is Amazon really the only company in the position to do this because they are able to, as Ron alluded to, they're able to sort of uh, put into play this uh, razor and blades model where, you know, we can we can cut the price to the point that maybe an HP can't? Yeah, there was a great editorial in the Wall Street Journal um, uh, not too long ago by the founder of, 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 of Netscape who, who basically said that hardware is dead and software is going to take over the world. So if you believe that to be true, the only people who can really compete effectively in this segment are companies that can marry the software and the hardware like Apple and Amazon can do. And or since they've already done you, it with the Kindle, I have more confidence that they can do it with the tablet. Joe? Yeah, I mean, let's not forget the silent winner here, which is Google, because these things are going to be running on Android, and basically Amazon's going to be going out and fighting that fight for Google. There are rumors online of a lot of different potential features, including movie streaming, um, let's just close out on the Amazon tablet with this question. What is the one thing 
that you would want to see? It could be a feature, or it could be a price point. What's the one thing that you need uh, to plunk down your money for an Amazon tablet, Joe? It's going to be a price point. It's going to be the differentiator because you'll be able to get a Netflix app on there, I'm sure. Uh, they won't be able to ultimately end up blocking that, but price will be the big differentiator. Ron? I, th- I think I have to agree. I- I'm very happy with my iPad. I-, I would actually see no reason to change. The only thing that perhaps w- would get me to is a little extra cash in my pocket the next time it's time to upgrade. Tim? Assurance that when I breathe on it, it doesn't break. <laughs> <laughs> another week, another multi-billion dollar deal for Bank of America. Shares were up 8% yesterday when Bank of America announced it is selling more than $8 billion worth of stock in China Construction Bank. Uh, Tim? On balance, this seems like uh, a very good move for Bank of America. It would have been a great move that they'd done it six months ago. <laughs> this is what I don't understand. Obviously, they should have sold these shares. Um, they still actually have another $8 billion stake that they own. I don't know why they're not selling the whole thing. They need the capital. China's on the verge of a banking crisis. China Construction Bank stock is down 40% so far this year, and it's only going to get worse. I, I, it's a good move, but I don't know what they're thinking, not A, having done it sooner, or B, selling the whole darn stake. Joe? I would assume they didn't sell the whole thing because they couldn't. It's in Hong Kong. They should be able to. They can, they can, they can set that up. The, the, the buyer is Temasek, which is the Singaporean sovereign wealth fund. They've got plenty of money. I don't, I, it just, it, it, it's incomprehensible to me Look, why they wouldn't. When have you known Bank of America to, do something to make incomprehensible? a bad buyer sell? Okay. What do you think? They bought Countrywide and that just wrecked them? They, I mean, this is, a, uh, this is a step forward, but they should have sold the whole stake in January. Uh, Ron, I know you are not a guy who is into bank stocks, but um, uh, as a general rule of thumb, is this the type of thing you like to see from companies? Basically, moves like this where they're um, getting out of you know other types of investments and shoring up capital. Well, yeah, that from from that perspective, it makes perfect sense. But uh, to Tim's point. These big mega banks are constantly being reactive to the point of, of being poorly managed, um, and they they need to start to think ahead rather than just react to to, to devastation, potential devastation. Um, and that's what you know. I would like to see these companies start to do. Uh, you know, it's been a long long time coming for these these companies to be slow moving and poorly run. Joe, that's why I don't invest in them. <laughs> Speaking of mega banks, uh, two stories from Greece. The first, that two of the largest banks in Greece are merging. Uh, Tim, one analyst was quoted as saying, this is good news psychologically. Um, my question is, endorsement, is, if is, ever there was one. is this good news economically? You know, I think the answer to that is I, I don't know. The reason people got really fired up about this deal is, is, is because a Qatari sovereign wealth fund is sort of injecting capital and subsidizing uh, the merger to shore up these balance sheets. And I think people see parallels to what Warren Buffett did at Bank of America, which is, you know, if this smart guy is injecting a lot of money, Mm -hmm. things are are better than they looked. Except Warren Buffett made his money by making smart investments. Cutter made its money by just having to be lucky enough to sit on natural gas. Like, they're not banking analysts. So you're saying it's not an apples to apples comparison? I I don't think so. I mean, the fact, just, you know, you're not a genius investor just because you sit on a ton of money. Could could Cutter be making a good move here? It, it's possible. You know, but the parallel story today is that the European banking regulator is saying that European banks have not been marking their, their sovereign debt holdings to market when there are quotable prices, but rather marking them to model, which is the equivalent of saying these things are worth whatever we tell you they're worth. And Memories if, of the mortgage days. If we recall, that's when you start to get into problems because things are never worth what you think they're worth when you're wrong. So when you have two large banks like this, 
merging. Um, does this type of thing make you um, steer clear, uh, more likely to steer clear well, I mean, of they're, they're, investments in Greece? They're stronger together than they are apart just because their deposit base is bigger. Um, they're more likely to attract sort of capital investment as they already have from, from Qatar. So I, I can see why people are, are optimistic about the deal on its own merits. But the problems in Greece and in Europe are way bigger than, than, than a couple of Greek banks. And, and I think you know most European banks – um, are, are just still way, way too hard. So for someone like Joe, who's not interested in U.S. banks, this isn't going to make him more interested in this Greek banks. This isn't U.S. banks at turning wheels, no. <laughs> uh, the other story out of Greece, Finland's prime minister has demanded that Greece provide collateral for Finland in exchange for loans. Uh, of course, this is the 109 billion euro bailout. Um, that's fair, isn't it, to ask for a little collateral? <laughs> I love what Finland is doing here, which is just sort of spitting in the face of the of the the whole European charade that they have going on there, which is that they trust each other. Finland doesn't trust Greece. I mean, how are the? I mean, shouldn't other countries like if I'm if I'm Germany or France and I see Finland asking for collateral, shouldn't I be asking for collateral too? Ron? There, therein lies the problem and why this could could uh, really crater crater the whole deal, which I, I don't think will happen in the end. But sure, this bleeds over into everybody wanting the same deal. Um, so where does it go from here, Tim? I mean, is is the next move that Greece actually does provide collateral of some sort? I think Ron's right. The collateral thing, it's just too hard. I think this is the, the, the I think this is Finland doing some politicking to mm-hmm. show, hey, we've got backbone and we'll stand up. But at the end of the day, Europe is going to push this deal through because, as we've said many times before, they're just more interested in sort of propping up their legacy than anything else. Um, so, so eventually they're going to get voted down. But, but like I said, it's it's a funny idea, and I and I applaud the fine people of Finland for for conceiving of it. If Greece asked you for a loan, yeah, what collateral would you want from Greece in return? The Acropolis. <laughs> that's 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 kind of a tall order. Look, they're not in any place right now to be making demands. All right, the Acropolis, Ron. What do you the want? Boatload of feta. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with that boatload? <laughs> with some good olive oil. We got a deal. All right. Joe, what's it going to take? I'd take their light rail system. It's in great shape. It was runs all over the, the city. Yeah. And nobody there has a job or works, so they take it all the time. I, Fine, but you're coming to me if you want cheese. The problems for Greece were embodied when we were there. We could get a week-long rail pass for like 10 euro. It was spectacular. <laughs> You know, I think it's just one of those little islands off the coast, nice little vacation nice. villa. Those are already yeah. pledged to China, Chris. <laughs> ah, all right. Tim Hansen, Ron Gross, Joe Maker. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Steve Broido, in for the vacationing Matt career. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>